You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. episode of the Slapping Me to Wrestling podcast. My name's Randall Beatley. Thank you all for joining again. Uh, as always, this is a casual podcast for casual fans by a casual fan who, who tends to, to know a little bit more. So like, I, I want to do a whole podcast on the term casual, and that's going to... I might do that on Wednesday. Because... I want to define casual because I'm a casual fan, but I have a lot of knowledge, right, um, of the industry, and I have opinions, and 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 people will be like, you know, I'll, I'll talk crap about the the IWC, and people will be like, but you're part of us, and I'm like, no, I'm a casual fan, and I think definition should mean something, um, and so I might do that on Wednesday sort of define what it means to be a casual fan. I'm sure I've already done it, but I want to do it again. Um, but we got a lot planned, so that's why we're not doing it uh, on this episode or else I'd go in that rabbit hole. Um, but I already have a show planned out. Uh, there's a lot that I missed on Wednesday that I wanted to talk about, but because I really didn't have time to plan a Wednesday show, it was more impromptu. We have a lot to talk about heading into this episode um, of the Slap and Meat Wrestling Podcast. So buckle your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. Let's let's talk some wrestling. We're gonna buckle in for for about an hour or so, and and, and we'll and we'll get this get this thing um, started. So the first thing I want to talk about is, or well, I want to clarify. A lot of these things I didn't even realize that I missed talking about them. Like, I knew of the news. I just... I don't write stuff down all the time. Oh, I want to talk about this like I should. And so I was watching Notorious Nerdy D's uh, wrestling show. um, The casual wrestling show on the casual community YouTube page. Um, I was watching and I was like... I was going through it and I was like, this episode has a lot of good topics... Things that I normally would have talked about, I'm like, hey, look, I know about that story. I forgot to talk about this. Oh, I forgot that happened. And so um, they are topics that interest me, so we are going to talk about some of them. So the first one that he brought up was this whole idea of, like, is bringing down people like Dana Brooke and Mustafa Ali and um, Baron Corbin to NXT, would we consider that a demotion or like, like, and and I don't think it is. I definitely don't think it's a demotion to get sent down. Um, and I actually am a big fan of what they're doing. 
with moving down these people. Um, what I'm afraid of happening, though, and, and what I've seen some people um, suggest with this sort of system is to make it to where if you're on Raw or SmackDown and you, you know, it, to have this, a sort of like regulation system where in story mode, if you lose a certain amount of matches in a certain amount of time, you get sent down to NXT. I, I want to warn against that. I don't think that will be beneficial. The, the whole sort of like changing, you know, regulating people to NXT, because if you do it that way, that almost makes NXT seem like it's a punishment for losing. And where this really comes into is, and I want to clear the water with this before it gets brought up, because I know this could be something that gets brought up, is, Randall, you said you said a couple months ago when you were talking about Omos that, no, that, that you shouldn't bring someone down and stick them into the title picture. And I did say that. However, I don't think this is hypocritical because I said it would have it would be dumb to send Omos to NXT to have him win the title. Baron Corbin's not winning the championship. It also makes sense in story mode to move Baron Corbin to NXT because Baron Corbin, you know, in story, he explained it. I'm down here because you guys are sort of, you know, you guys have it easy. You have it easy down here. You, you didn't have to go through the people that I did to, to get to the main roster. And I'm a star and I'm not respected. Right. That's why he's down there. Right. That argument that we were having about Omos. was how do you get Omos over? And you don't get Omos over by having him go to NXT to fight for the championship. Because that means he would have to win the championship. This, this was my whole point with that argument. I don't want to bring it back up to argue again. But the whole point of that argument was Omos just needs to win. It doesn't matter where he is, he just needs to win. But if you shove him in NXT and to shove him in against Carmelo Hayes, and then he loses again, and Carmelo Hayes becomes the champion, and you're only sending Omos down to NXT to get practice, that makes no sense. Because it's no different than what he's doing now. Where would Omos fit, though? I agree. Omos would fit in this NXT story. You know where Omos would fit? And being the bodyguard for Carmelo Hayes. Let me, let's play this out. Because I've thought about this. Because Omos is a free agent. So, like, it makes sense with Ali. And it makes sense with Corbin. Because they're free agents that can show up wherever they want. Right? Omos is a free agent. How would you benefit bringing Omos to NXT? Well, bring him in as the bodyguard for Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes has been rumored for the last, like, six months to be in with MVP in the, in the, the remade um, Hurt Business. 
So why don't you debut that on NXT, get people over with it. Omos doesn't have to talk. He doesn't have to do a lot of wrestling. But he could be that bodyguard for, for Carmelo Hayes. I think that works. I don't think right. I don't think putting Omos in a title match against Carmelo Hayes would have worked, because Carmelo Hayes would have beat him, and then you're just stuck with Omos who can't win in 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 NXT. But my point of the whole argument was Omos needs to be booked to win, because the problem with why he's not over isn't because no one doesn't like him, or or, or isn't because people don't like him. While there are people who, who aren't a fan of him, there are a lot of people in the internet wrestling community who, who are big fans of Omos. Big fans of Omos. Right? Um, and, and so I just wanted to clear that air that no... Me saying Corbin here, like, because Corbin's down here, he's here for sort of like retribution. He's upset. He's a free agent, and he's going towards. He thinks it's easier to win championships. If you send Omos down just to get practice, that's stupid. He can get practice on Raw or SmackDown, but you have to book him to win. You can't just have him squash people, and then when he faces actual competition, he loses. That's bad booking. And that was my whole argument. Is 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 booking is the reason Omos is not over, not Omos himself. Um so so when it comes to moving these people down when it comes to moving these people down I don't think it's a bad thing. In fact, I think it's a good thing. And I, and, I, and and I've said this since Triple H took over back when Vince McMahon about a year ago when Vince McMahon was going through all the sort of allegations um, I said when Triple H was sort of taking over that he was going to turn NXT my biggest fear was he was going to turn NXT into the third brand but what I really feel like they're doing is turning it into developmental as the third brand where where they're treating it as important while still being developmental and what I like is they've been very, very careful with who they put on NXT. They're making sure that if you're on NXT, you have a purpose. And you're not on the show if there is no purpose for you being there. I love that. Because every single character, whether they have one line or whether they're in a match, or, or if they're on TV and, and they're a prominent figure in that segment, there's a purpose for them being there. Every vignette, every promo, every match has a purpose. And that is why I love NXT. That is the reason I believe NXT is the best day of wrestling in, during the week. Tuesdays are the best day with NXT. Every single person on the show has a purpose. And so if you turn this into a third brand and this sort of piggybacks into what we want to talk about next. The rumors being that they're that the NXT women's champion, Tiffany Stratton and, and, and Carmelo Hayes will defend their championships at SummerSlam. That it's being talked that that ha- it needs to happen. If you're going to treat it as if it's just as important as Raw and SmackDown, they have to have matches at the big four. These takeover events, the day of, or the day before, 
these big events, you don't need to have them fight. The, or even if they fight the night before SummerSlam and then defend again at SummerSlam, that would be cool. Or if you just have the mid-card fight at the, the night before SummerSlam. Right, you have Wesley have his match, and 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 the tag, the women's tag teams, if they still have them, right, or, or and you have the mid card sort of build up those stories at this pay per view at the or at the premiere live event for NXT, and you have Tiffany Stratton on SummerSlam, Carmelo Hayes on SummerSlam. It's it, it, that's big money. That's a big match, and it it it, it, it elevates NXT. It elevates NXT. To become more than, while it is developmental, to become more than just the place where you go to train. Because if, because people who don't watch NXT just assume that it's just people who are still training. Now, these are people who have been through training, but they just haven't, you know, maybe they have to learn the system still. Or maybe they're developing a gimmick. Or maybe there's someone like Braun Breaker who is more than ready to be on the main roster. This is not a place for him, and, and, and you can't just let him sit. So Braun Breaker needs to be used, and so NXT is the best place for him. Carmelo Hayes, though, def- will put on a banger of a match at a SummerSlam event, and NXT deserves that type of recognition. Um, so I'm, I would be so stoked if NXT got involved in SummerSlam, Survivor Series, um, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, those those events. I would be stoked if that were to actually happen. Um, so we'll move we'll move forward. We'll talk about WWE. Apparently, has stopped all sort of negotiation with Fox and and NBC Universal about renewing the TV deal. Um, after 2024. Um, so 2024 is when the TV deals end. And they were negotiating the TV deal. And, and the idea is that it's probably going to be a new company that picks up the rights. Um, now, the two companies that are being rumored are the two companies that should be rumored. Um, you got Disney and you got Amazon. So what I want to do, I want to weigh the options. Disney and Amazon. Now, a third option that could be sneaky is Apple. I really hope Apple doesn't get it, though, because that will require everyone to buy Apple TV. And I just, I, it's, I don't think it's necessary. Um, it, it, that ruined baseball going to Apple because, I mean, you get, like, random games on Apple TV, and now you just, you know, you're missing literal, like, random games in the middle of the season for baseball. Um, so Amazon or Disney, I think those are the two legitimate choices. Let's start with Amazon. They can throw money at you. That's their big bargaining piece. Um, and then you have Amazon Prime. Everything would more than likely be streaming. Um, and so I think that would be the one downside is everything would be on Amazon Prime. Um, Raw, SmackDown, and all the premier live events would be on Prime. That's a, to me, that's a negative. While cable is still here, you you need to reach that market because not everyone streams. But at the same point, you have to consider that that may be the best option, you know, four years, five years down the line because cable's not lasting that long. It's not. It's on its way out. DirecTV lost Sunday ticket. 
It's now streaming only. Like, streaming will be the future of television. Um, and so, and that's another sleeper is Google. I don't know if they'll go for it this time around. Um, but that would be an interesting thing if Google got in the picture, um, eventually for WWE rights. Um, but Disney to me just makes the most sense. (laughs) Imagine if Disney, you know, did the TV deals and you, and and, and WWE became part of the Disney universe, right? You would go on Disney Plus or ESPN Plus and you would have the library of all the, the premier live events and all of that, right? You would have all of the library and and the, the TV shows could go on, whether it's ESPN, whether it's um, ABC. Technically, if I believe cor- correctly, the local... Well, the local Fox channels are owned by different people. But I do believe, like, Fox Broadcasting, outside of Fox News, anything outside of Fox News is is owned by Disney. Um, and so, te- technically, you could be on, like, a, 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 one of those shows, FX. Um, but I would assume ABC would be the big channel because that's the... The national channel you could get, you can get Raw and SmackDown on. But again, assume ESPN Plus as a place where they could put all the street, where they could put the shows, and it's just streaming on ESPN Plus. I, but but on also that, just imagine what happens if you sign with Disney and you could sign a deal where you can do crossover with your TV shows into other movies, or create like a WWE children's series on, on, on Disney Channel or Disney Kids have something like that, like a Rey Mysterio Lucha type show right, uh, or something like that Like that, that would be an interesting selling point to me um, for, for going to Disney I think those are the only two options though. let me know what you think, is it Disney, is it Amazon where, where do you think they go do they stay with Fox and NBC? What happened? Those are still going to be contenders to me, but if it's new, I'm going with Disney. The next story is just real quick. We're just going to talk about it. Kevin Nash's base has come out and said that when when Endeavor bought the company, that they sort of slashed the royalty deals in half, and that if at the next check, if it's not what it used to be, he's going to file a complaint with owner Ari Emanuel. Now, here's my question. Kevin Nash, what the fuck are you going to do? This dude owns WWE. He owns the UFC. He owns owns IMG Academy. He owns some of the biggest sports and entertainment brands in the country. And you think your little complaint is going to do something? What are you going to do, Kevin? That's insane. What, because of your royalty money? Kevin, how much were you actually making? And the problem is, is when you're this far out of retirement, someone said this in the Discord, when you're this far out of retirement, like into retirement, where you don't really show up all the time anymore, right, and you're living off of royalty checks, you should probably figure out where you fucked up financially. Like, cause he still, he still does the sort of comic cons and, and WrestleCon and all of that stuff. So he's getting paid, 
But if you're living off your royalty checks, first question is, is how much royalties are you actually getting, Kevin Nash? I can't imagine that the NWO gear sells that much merchandise still. I just can't imagine that there are still people buying NWO gear. Um, and so I just, like, what are you actually going to do? Right? All right, so the next thing is, the, the rumor is that Ivan Dragunov is set to join Imperium. Um, and I thoroughly love the idea. I do. He fits the gimmick, um, and, 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 and that's all that matters to me. But the bigger question I have to ask is, is I need to know if y'all agree with me. And I think WWE down the line, within the next year or two, I think they're starting to build factions in the way New Japan builds factions and where there's like three or four, five main factions in the company and each wrestler is part of a faction. And I, and I actually like this because then that has like your team and now you can fight for like team superiority. And you could have faction, you know, you could have like, like I'm just going to take Bullet Club as an example. Um, but if you could have Bullet Club separated with different members on Raw and SmackDown. Um, you can have like Bullet Club Red and Bullet Club Blue. Um, but that's probably the only faction you could do that with. But think of like the Judgment Day. Um, where you just add more members to it and you have like a 12-part member of Judgment Day. And... Not all of them are sort of like, not, they all don't come out at the same time, but as you're coming to the ring but like, and, and representing the Judgment Day so-and-so, right? And you represent your team, and teams collide with teams. Because that, that's a good way to tell stories. Like, if you've ever watched the show Mayans, right? And you have the different motorcycle clubs, um, and they, they beef with one each other throughout the whole show. And that's what you could turn this into is just cl- uh, clubs or, or teams or factions beefing against each other. And so you can have the bloodline beefing with Judgment Day or you can have Imperium beefing with the bloodline or something like that, right? And, and, and everyone can just be a part of and you can recruit new members of the, of, of the roster to your, to your faction. I think that's a good idea. Um, and... I, I don't see a problem with it. I don't, and I also don't see a problem with Dragunov joining Imperium. I think the big concern in the Discord that I saw was, oh, he's top-level talent. He shouldn't be taking orders from from Gunther. And and while I agree, um, I don't necessarily think he would have to take orders from Gunther. I think he could, you know, be an equal to Gunther. Where you right, but and also if when you when you put him in Imperium, he's not Gunther. Gunther's the top star there. He's better than Dragonov. Right, Dragonov gets over, and and I love Ivan. Excuse me, Ilya. I don't know why I wanted to call him Ivan. I love Ilya Dragonov just as much as the next dude. His physicality is insane. Right, he's, and and I hate to make this comparison, but he's like, he he gets the same reaction that John Moxley gets with his physicality, but he doesn't have to bleed all the time, right? Moxley gets over because he bleeds. Ilya Dragunov gets over, doesn't have to bleed, but he's just as physical and aggressive 
and his style, and I think that fits for Imperium. And he could be the guy that goes after, let's say he's the one that goes after the world title and Gunther keeps the IC title. I think that that's a possibility um, of that happening. But but both of you can have multiple stars in a faction, and and, and right and so of course Gunther's the leader, uh, but but that's also how you build story of dissension and maybe Ilya Dragunov and Gunther is ends up being a match we get for the IC title because of this dissension that, that would be a fantastic match again they burnt the house down for the UK title several years ago. One of the best, probably the match of the year that year. Um, alrighty, so let's talk about this last story. And that is AEW Collision is set to debut on Saturday night. Live from Chicago, Illinois, where it, um, I think they have about 84,000 tickets uh, sold. Which is fine. It's a decent sell. Um, but they got some problem with the rest of their shows. They have a lot of problems selling tickets right now. I got I've actually have a graph here for all the shows announced. So of course you got Chicago with eighty four thousand excuse me, eighty four hundred. Toronto next the week after, eighteen hundred uh, we'll round up and go to nineteen hundred tickets in Toronto. The week after that, in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, 883 tickets sold. Now, what we, I want to address this, uh, this Hamilton show in a minute. Week after that, in Regina, Saskatchewan, 1,300 tickets sold. Calgary's got 3,500 tickets sold. Newark, New Jersey has 43, it's to say 4,400 tickets Greenville, South Carolina, 1,700, and Greensboro, North Carolina has 2,600 tickets sold to date. Now, the Canadian shows, especially the Hamilton show, from my understanding, is they were supposed to be the house shows, but they've converted them to collisions. But here's the problem, because I could sort of understand if you could say, you know, well, the market's bad. Well, the, the market's not bad though, because they're they're going to they're going to do dynamite in Hamilton, Ontario, as well, and they have like thirty five hundred tickets sold. And so, the, the, what's the issue with having another show? Now, the Hamilton show will be taped. Um, it will not be live on on Saturday. It will be taped prior because they need to try. I think it's the week before All In, and so they need to travel to London, and so they're gonna tr- do the 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 taping for the Hamilton Collision prior to Saturday. So my, my my issue is 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 there just not interest in the show? Is is like there's no big names. I mean, CM Punk, of course, is a big name. FTR is a big name, but I don't think that they draw the crowd that AEW thinks they are. So the question that I have is, why is why if this promotion is supposed to be so big, why is ticket sales for them 
really, really small. Like, WWE's having the hottest run of ticket sales they've ever had in, in like, the last 10 years. Like, they're selling tickets, like, at an abundant rate. Like, you know, I think this last week they were... Um, this last past Monday, I think they were in like Kansas or something. And the last time they were at that arena, they sold like, I don't remember the the exact numbers, but it was like 6,000 tickets. And on Monday there was 8,000 tickets. So like they're, they're doing numbers. WWE is doing better numbers this year than they have in like the last 10 years. They're moving tickets. Now they're still not good. Like 8,000 people in a 20,000 a person arena that's not good by no means, but it's better than it has been. Whereas AEW, outside of Dynamite, the, right, the ticket sales haven't been good. The house shows haven't been selling. Collisions aren't selling well outside of Chicago. In Newark, New Jersey, which is essentially New York City. So you got two big, big wrestling-heavy cities, and they're selling fine. And the Carolinas are selling okay. But, but you're not really like, like you're still not doing much. Like, like even with the Carolinas, you have like two thousand tickets. Right, they're going to Greensboro, the Greensboro Coliseum. I was at the Greensboro Coliseum Raw about a month ago, and we had eight thousand people there. It was a full stadium. It was full. And they got 26,000 tickets sold right now. I mean, excuse me, 2,600 tickets sold right now. That's insane. They're, they aren't moving. The, I, I, I think it comes down to two things. First off, people just don't care about AEW's product outside of Dynamite. But second... No one wants to go to a wrestling show on a Saturday night. That that was the thing that I always hated about indie shows was when they did Saturday night or Sunday afternoon shows. I loved sun I loved Saturday afternoon shows because that still gave me the nighttime to to do what I wanted to do on Saturday night. No one wants to go to a show at eight o'clock on a Saturday night and 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 pay attention to it. Right, and, and so they, they lean in on Chicago to bring CM Punk back, and, and we're going to get a huge pop. <coughs> but then the next week, how you're in Toronto. How exciting is that show going to be? Right? But I also think there's another reason, and this is, this is industry-wide. This is WWE and AEW concerned. Ticket prices are just way too fucking expensive. There's no reason that floor seats at any wrestling show should be $700. There are Ticketmaster seats. These aren't even resales. Ticketmaster seats for AEW's show, Collision, and Hamilton, I believe. or um, it, It's one of the Collision shows, floor seats, that are $600. Plus the fees that Ticketmaster is going to put on top of that. Which I always assume is like 15 to 20% of the ticket price. So you're paying another $100, $200 in fees. Ticket prices are fucking insane. 
there's no reason you need to be charging that much at all. I mean, even for like middle level seats and you're paying $150, $200 plus fees for tickets, it's insane. It's literally insane to me how expensive these tickets are. And I think that's the bigger issue. So I can't fully blame AEW for for the lack of ticket sales when you're charging an arm and a fucking leg for the tickets. If there's no reason you can I promise you, you will sell out every arena you go to if you sell floor seats for like $100 and 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 the TV seats for like 50 and the 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 hard cam side for like 20. You will sell out every stadium you go to, every arena you go to. Ticket prices don't have to be that high. And that's the bigger issue, is ticket prices. It's out of this world how expensive it is to go to a wrestling event. I mean, I paid $75, I believe, when I went to Raw in Greensboro. And I sat behind the stage... For $75, I sat behind the stage. They were pretty low. I could see the ring very well, but I was behind the stage for $75. That's insane. That's literally insane. Now, I've always been taught that things are worth what you're willing to pay for them. So because I was willing to pay that, then that's what the seat was worth. But at the same time, while I enjoyed the show, $75 is insane for some wrestling tickets. They really, like, I even had a problem at going to, like, indie shows paying, like, 40 for front row seats. I feel like that's insane. I think just across the industry where we're, we're going through economic hardship and it seems like ticket prices just keep going up. So... Yeah, I, I, I can't blame fully AEW for not selling tickets. I know it's a hard thing to do. I just, I don't know. But the last thing I want to talk about is with this, there is a um, um, Vince Russo, who used to be a former WCW-WWE writer. Uh, he came out and he said he believed that Tony Khan was self-funding Collision that there's no reason in the world Discovery would actually pay for this show and that Tony Khan's completely self-funding the show. And so what I, my question for you guys is, is do you believe that Tony Khan is self-funding Collision? I don't have an opinion. I don't know. I think this is one of those things where, like, I mean, I could see him doing it, but until I physically have proof, I don't want to speak on it. I will say this. I don't think Collision's going to turn out the way he wants it to. And it just, it it feels like he's building a show just for the guys that can't get along with the EVPs and are complaining. And so because they're complaining, we'll spend a little bit more money to to put on the third show so that they can shut the fuck up. This is what that seems like. I just don't think it's going to turn the ratings that people think that it's going to. It's Saturday fucking night. No one's going to watch. They'll watch this first week, but I promise you, that's probably all I'm going to watch of, of 
collision, especially when it goes hand-in-hand against the WWE pay-per-view or Premier Live event. I'm watching the, the Premier Live event. There's no way in hell I'd choose collision over WWE Premier Live events. So, like the July 1st collision, when it goes up against Money in the Bank, that those ratings are going to fucking suck. Um, I want to find out. I want to see what uh, uh, July 1st W Collision. I want to look this up real quick. Um, I want to see if they have a who is getting the July 1st. What city? Ah. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh fuck no. AEW's fucking screwed. AEW screwed the Hamilton show. The Hamilton show is going to be the one that's on the first. Now, it's not live. Um, It'll be taped on the 29th. But the Hamilton show is going to be the show that shows against Money in the Bank. They're fucked, man. They're fucked. You know, actually, you know what? I don't know why I'm thinking that. Money in the Bank is during the fucking afternoon. They're lucky it's during the fucking afternoon, though. They're, they're really lucky that, that that show isn't going to be seen at the same time as Money in the Bank. Because if, if it was competition, they would be fucked. But they're lucky. They're really, really fucking lucky. Um... So, yeah, let's answer this question. Is Tony Khan self-funding? Who cares? I don't know. And and honestly, I don't care. But it wouldn't surprise me if he was self-funding. It is what... Tony Khan has money, so it is what it is. But I also think Warner Discovery, they they need more AEW content because they don't have very much live original content for Warner Discovery. At the end of the day, I don't care if he's self-funding. If he is, he is. That's just a waste of money. I don't think it's going to draw the ratings that people think it's going to. And at the end of the day, it's going to be another rampage. Um, I don't think they'll... I don't think it benefits AEW at all in a business sense. But it's Tony Khan's money. He can do whatever the fuck he wants to do with it. So, uh, anyway, let me know what you guys think about all of these things we talked about. Join the Discord. Let me know. I love your... Guys, your suggestions and your feedback. Let me know what you guys think. And until Wednesday, I'll see you again on the Slap of Meat Wrestling Podcast.